0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm a very sleepy Caleb, and I'm Charles
1: Brunson, and I'm Zepp Brenigan. Keep shoot them the middle, I won. Uh, you're a sleepy boy. Why? Is it, why is such things? Why?
0: Oh Jesus! I was uh, sacrificing my body to try to uh, appease the masses of our listeners um basically i fucking i worked a lot this week and uh was very very busy Mm. and uh you know had to maintain my regular sleep schedule to be functional at work so uh being that i didn't work today i uh didn't sleep so i could marathon uh never have i ever and then went to uh visit my mother for Mother's Day all day today yeah and uh tried my very best to socially distance
1: I was telling you before we started rolling that uh this is the busiest time of the year if you're uh a Brennick because uh today is Mother's Day today is the the day we're recording Mm -hmm. Mother's Day uh then Tuesday is my sister's birthday and then Wednesday is my brother's birthday uh and I also inherited Ashley's dad's birthday on uh Monday. So I have four solid mm. days of uh, of family events. And by family events I mean I have to call each person except for Ashley's dad who we are going to visit and properly socially distance especially because of uh uh reasons.
0: Gotcha. Uh let's see. I did my my 6-day work week. Then uh of course today's Mother's Day. Tomorrow is my 1-year wedding anniversary. And oh, then uh Tuesday I will be in Ohio because I have an interview for a potential promotion at work.
1: I'm ready, promotion. I'm ready promotion. <laughs> yes.
0: Are you gonna wear
1: two hats now?
0: I hmm, I suppose I have to. I'm ready, promotion.
1: Oh, SpongeBob. Never let us down uh yeah happy mother's day to my mom uh even though i just had a one hour conversation with you uh earlier today uh you you don't need to hear this again but uh i need social clout amongst my peers uh, so they know that i care about my mom because i announced it on social (laughs) media and other things why can't people just fucking this is the problem with social media why can't people just fucking just do things without telling everyone they're doing things like you don't have to live tweet your life. You don't have to say, like, oh, I happy Mother's Day to my mom. Just like fucking call her. I don't give a shit. Like, sure, your mom's fine. But like, go visit her, go go call her. Do something that you that shows you care, as opposed to like a social media post that took you two minutes.
0: I deleted Facebook, uh, and now I just do things without having to make a big spectacle of it. And it's uh wonderfully liberating. And oh, no sooner do I do that than uh fucking Gerald's trying to get me to get back on the network because he's making a a group chat for patrons of his show (laughs) and wanted me to participate. And he's like, just join Messenger. I fucking, I tried to sign up for just Messenger last night, which you apparently can't do. (laughs) Like, you have to just make a fucking full profile. That's stupid. And, uh, like, it's apparently changed a lot since, uh, I had made the Facebook page that I had, and I was like, I d- literally don't know how to do this, and just quit.
1: <laughs> oh no, you're getting to that age.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to start, like, getting my nephew to fucking program my TV remote and shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. you Actually, you'll have to get Fabiola to do it. Yeah,
0: how do I put this PlayStation points card onto my system?
1: Oh, that reminds me. Uh we we are on uh day 10 of the month and Dan still does not have his debit card that expired uh, at the end of April. So Hooray,
0: motherfuckers. Uh I'm very excited. I I couldn't find it in any stores and I don't want to go to any stores, mm-hmm. uh, looking for stuff because, um, I think it's important to socially distance yourself. So I did manage to find online the, uh, thing that I was trying to get Vanessa for our anniversary. So a few, a uh, few Christmases ago, I got her Animal Crossing for the 3DS mm-hmm. and, uh, she started getting back into that. So I got her the Switch Lite. And, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. There you go. So now we can play that together and join the international sensation.
1: Go be friends with Cory on, uh, Nintendo because he keeps bugging me to play Animal Crossing and I'm like, I fucking don't like Animal Crossing. I can't stand it. Like I already have control. Yeah. I already have like tough times controlling my real life. I can't control, uh, my fake life with a bunch of animals. <laughs> So so go go talk to him. Be like, yo dog, gimme your Nintendo Network ID. I
0: don't know. I really uh I'm I'm excited to try it out. I really enjoyed um I guess it wasn't the first Animal Crossing game, it was the first one in the United States, but the GameCube one was my shit back in the day. Because I had two memory cards, so I could make two towns and, like, cheat shit into my town. Oh, shit. Yeah, because the way you would visit other people's towns is, like, you would put their memory card in your, like, in the number two memory card slot on your system. And then you could, like, travel into that town.
1: That reminds me, I'm waiting on Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles to come to a platform of any kind. Because that was announced last year. And the remaster got pushed and pushed and pushed, so I have no idea when it's coming out now. But, uh, hmm. that, that fucking game slaps. Or at least it used to. We'll see if it still slaps.
0: I don't know. I'm just, uh, hoping that, like, sometime within the next year, two years, eight years, that, uh, fucking Subnautica Below Zero releases on PlayStation. Never gonna happen. Probably not uh the game's been in early access on Steam for like two or three years.
1: uh the last thing I have to banter with is that we finally moved offices and I now have a standing desk, so uh, I stand to uh, just entirely for two days, like my uh Tuesday, Thursday when I'm at the office, I'm standing uh my uh, the shoes that I have are not built for that. So, uh, my feet wind up hurting and then my back hurts because I pulled landscaping duty. So <laughs> then, uh, I complain, Like, I-, I did it on Tuesday and then I passed out at nine o'clock like a fucking psychopath. So <laughs> that was wonderful. Thursday, it was much better, but also Tuesday was, you know, making sure everyone was hooked up. Monitors were hooked up. You know, uh, everyone had all their stuff, carrying stuff. It was, uh, an exhausting day from a physical yeah. perspective. And then, uh, also doing payroll which uh is exhausting from a mental perspective because dear fucking sweet jesus is everyone i ro- run like they're they're just the stupidest people
0: i'll have to look into getting a standing desk whenever i move cuz i really enjoy that that powerful deep breath standing up energy yeah right but uh i i will have to get some comfortable shoes because uh, pretty much the only footwear that I wear anymore is my cowboy boots, and those are made for walking, and just not what standing do. for a a long time. Jesus, did I just make a fucking Nancy Sinatra joke in
1: 2020? I I don't know. I don't I, I don't know what the joke s- was. Such,
0: such an idiot. Oh, the the song reference. You got it. You said oh, the next see, I, thing. Oh, see, I
1: I know like a hundred different people who have done a cover of that song, so I have no idea who the original person is to have done that. Pretty song. sure
0: it was Nancy Sinatra.
1: Let's, let's find out, shall we? Uh, yep, Nancy Sinatra. I'm real proud of you.
0: Yay!
1: Remember when Jessica Simpson did a cover for that for the Dukes of Hazard movie?
0: Oh yeah. You remember Jessica Simpson?
1: Sure do, because I remember her, her her sister, Ashley Simpson.
0: <laughs> and when she sang Old Man River on SNL.
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, let's uh, stop bantering so much because, uh, what? Well, uh, I don't think anyone really cares. We just need to fill out this episode. because uh, No third segment because Caleb was a busy boy, which uh, happens. I can't fault him for working hard. But I can't fault <sighs> yeah. him for hardly working.
0: You work hard, just like your mother, but I don't think it's a good idea to work too hard.
1: You work hard. I know. You have a job. <laughs> I know.
0: You're a veteran. You were in the war.
1: Uh, hey, speaking of the war, let's talk about uh, what our swill is in What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! <laughs> Stay away from the cans!
0: Uh, my swill is pretty bad. Uh, this is a one-pint can of Seagram's Escape spiked Jamaican Me Happy. It is lemon, strawberry, watermelon, and guava-flavored... something? 8% alcohol by volume? Uh, the wife's family, for some reason, fucking drinks this stuff all the time. Uh Uh-huh. So... Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe. It's both, like, overly sweet and, like, bland at the same time, somehow.
1: No, I get that. Like, it's, it's sweet up front, but then there's nothing behind it. Yeah. It's like high C.
0: Yeah, it's like grown-up high C.
1: High C is garbage. No one tell me differently.
0: But, uh, I'm glad to be drinking something that's not, like, heavily, heavily caffeinated because I've been fucking pounding coffee and Red Bull all day, uh, mm. trying to Stay remain weak. somewhat alert yeah. to interact with people, and, uh, who boy.
1: Big fucking yikes. Uh, well, hey, speaking of big fucking yikes, uh, we have My Swill, which is Corona Hard Seltzer Spiked Sparkling Water. Uh this is the blackberry lime flavor. I bought a 12 pack, a, a sampler variety pack. Had um mango, strawberry or cherry, no cherry, it's cherry. Uh lime and then blackberry lime. I don't know why they included two limes, but if whatever. Uh it is 90 calories. There're no carbs, no sugars. Uh, it's it says no sugars, but it also says alcohol from sugar, so I don't think they understand what no sugar means. Uh, gluten free. Hmm. Uh, and 4.5 alcohol, or, or percent alcohol by volume. So, uh, this is terrible. I fucking hate seltzer water. I don't know why I <laughs> thought this was a good idea. I guess like, oh, everyone was on this like hard seltzer water craze a year ago. So of course I'm coming fastly late to this thing because that's my shtick. Uh, and I hate this. Why do you people make this popular? This is everyone else's fault. Now someone's going to tell us buy white it. claw instead, and I'm going to say fuck you.
0: Did you know that if you buy white claw, you can you you can just murder people and get away with it?
1: Oh, why? Was it those guys? Were those guys like crushing white claws when they shot that guy who was jogging?
0: Well, oh fuck, that took a dark turn. I was going to just say it's because there's there ain't no laws when you're drinking claws.
1: Oh. Okay, well, uh, I'm sorry for ruining everything.
0: (laughs) You know, that thing every white girl said for, like, a whole summer.
1: Did they really? God, I am so glad I never went outside. Jesus Christ. Yeah,
0: last summer sucked.
1: I'm glad I started hanging out with my friends again uh, when I realized I was moving. Because when I did that, like, everyone was out of the White Claw phase and, and into, like, Fuck it, we'll drink what we normally drank before face. It was nice. Also, I yeah. didn't go to bars still. I, I went to, like, house parties and shit, so.
0: You know, I haven't gone to a bar in a really fucking long time. All I've wanted to fucking do ever since coronavirus happened is just fucking go to a bar, have a fucking pint, and just sit there and bullshit with strangers. Yeah. It's like, and I know I, like, I'm not going to do it when everything resolves. Like, I just want to do it now because I can't. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway, um, speaking of, uh, frustration, let's go on to news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Fucking Nicolas Cage. Uh, got cast to play Joe Exotic in a series based on, uh, the events foretold by the Tiger King prophecy. Yeah. Uh, I think this is for CBS television. It's not a Netflix thing, but.
1: Okay, so it's complicated. It's done by C- CBS TV studios. However, it's not, like, it's being shopped around. Uh, also, the key hmm. point to know here is that this is from the American Vandal creator, so I can tell you right now this will never come to Netflix. Right. But otherwise, yes, uh, it's it's. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a CBS All Access thing, but uh, we'll see who ponies up the most.
0: <laughs> oh man, is it's perfect casting. There you are just two got options. the craziest actor. To play the craziest person ever.
1: There are two options. You either get Nicolas Cage, or you get David Spade in his best role to just basically like rename himself <laughs> Joe Exotic. That's yeah. who, that's really it.
0: Dust off the old Joe Dirt wig.
1: Speaking of which, how was he in Father of the Year? Because he was basically playing Joe Dirt in that, right? <sighs> Did you watch that? And I was like, oh no, never mind. I don't want to see what? that. What was Father? Oh,
0: that was the Oh, that movie. I vaguely remember <laughs> that.
1: Um Forgettable, I guess. Okay. Well then maybe maybe Nicolas Cage is the correct way to go. Yeah. Isn't this gonna be I like forgot
0: f- about that movie completely?
1: Isn't this gonna be like the first time he takes like a major television role? Like, I I feel like he's only been, like, in movies and maybe, like, one-off spots in television. Yeah. Which seems weird, because it's like, you need money because you have tax problems. Like, why wouldn't you, like, settle down for a series that will pay you millions of dollars to just have work?
0: Oh, fuck. Now I'm looking at the IMDb page for Father of the Year, and just, like, random snippets of this movie are coming back into my awareness.
1: It's it's you and uh, Davey. Uh, Having having flashbacks. Uh, you, this is this is your father. <laughs> this is your father having a heart attack while you play the harp. <laughs>
0: oh shit! So yeah, that's a a show that exists.
1: Sure is. Uh, to segue from your original segue, which is frustration. Uh, Ricky Gervais has signed an overall deal with Netflix. Uh, and Afterlife has been renewed for a third season dear fucking god please end my suffering somebody i i don't want vanessa's
0: into this show she was she was watching it i don't know it's uh, the characters are charming like i'm obviously neither of us are ricky gervais fans but not
1: even a little bit
0: i mean the show itself like the the structure and pacing and everything and stories it's fine it's a fine show
1: I I think it's a, a decent idea for a show. It's just it stars Ricky Gervais. Like if it literally starred anybody else, with the exception of maybe Jake Johnson, I would probably watch it. But it stars I'm Ricky Adam Gervais. Adam Chandler, this is my show after life. I would I It's uh, dude, about me going about my business after my wife died. Dude, I would totally watch Adam Sandler do that. Come on, get <laughs> out of here.
0: <laughs> uh me too.
1: Uh, Extraction Two has been confirmed at Netflix. Uh, with Joe Russo penning the script yet again.
0: Yeah. So now we know that fucking Chris Hemsworth didn't die at the end of it.
1: It's not officially confirmed until Extraction Two trailer comes out, and when Tyler Rake is in that trailer, that's going to make Extraction drop like a whole fucking star for me, like that. Mm-hmm that 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 literally ruins the end of that movie, yeah like if it if they made it um oh God, I don't remember her character name, but uh his badass assassin friend who just walks in murks a dude in the while he's peeing and then walks out uh, if they made it about her, I'd be more into this,
0: or just like a different a different person who like works for that same outfit or something you know, and make it like a tangential thing, yeah.
1: Get Liam Hemsworth, get 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 more brothers, get get make more Hemsworths. Holy I mean, shit,
0: I- are they brothers?
1: <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs>
0: uh, humor is cyclical. It's true.
1: I don't know. Um, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm withholding judgment on what this sequel could be until I see a trailer or yeah. see like confirmation that Chris Hemsworth is reprising his role because. Whenever that's the case, I'm going to fucking hate this.
0: Yeah. Humor is.
1: Alright, uh, and the final piece of news goes to those of you who sail the Seven Seas. Uh, Netflix has changed their VPN policy. So, general gist is that before you could connect to, like, a different country's VPN, like, like through a VPN. So, like, let's say, uh, you're from Australia and you want, like, the Netflix US client, uh, and all the stuff on there. You could, you could do that. Well, uh, now Netflix has changed it to where only things that are available globally are going to be able to be watched through a VPN at all. So, like, it doesn't matter what country you're connecting in. it It will recognize that you're, you know, connected through a VPN and then just basically just supply you with Netflix original shows. Hmm. And they say they did this because you wouldn't be able to access your own catalog. Like, if you connected to a VPN and still were trying to browse, like, your home country's catalog, you wouldn't be able to do that because it would just be like, ah, we don't know what the fuck to do. Uh, uh, apparently Netflix Ah, got confused.
0: the French Netflix client.
1: (laughs) So, uh, that's their excuse whether or not this is actually, like, an, an attempt to combat People spoofing where their location is in order to access nah. different clients. Uh,
0: I uh, I feel like this is more likely to just uh, cause people who want to do that to just skip that step completely and just fucking download the shows that they want to watch.
1: Yeah, they're they're just going to to piracy, and that's fine. Yeah. Like that's fine to do. Like I I, I don't. I don't pretend to know how much piracy is like a a, a thing for some people. Like, uh, I I do it every now and then, uh, but eh.
0: I used to do it a lot, and then I became an adult who could afford things.
1: Sure, I I but like it, I typically pirate things that like I'm unsure of, and then if it's something I like, I will go buy it. Like uh yeah Annihilation, <laughs> uh, I pirated that for us. Because we, uh, it was out of theaters by the time we tried to do a review of it. I turned, it turned out I liked it, so I bought the Blu-ray. That's how that works.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I um, I'm not against paying for anything, you know. When it comes down to it, it's just that like I'm not gonna pay like an unfair price for it, you know. Right. Like uh, I don't know if you you if mean it's... like twenty
1: dollars for something that releases on on demand. Because they can't show in theaters.
0: I mean, I definitely rented Trolls World Tour. (sighs) You're
1: you're you're twenty dollars in that one hundred million, huh?
0: Yeah, I um, I don't know. It's fucking cost the two movie tickets.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I honestly don't think the VPN policy is going to change much. I still feel like people are going to pay for their Netflix. It's just, they're going to pirate things from other client, like, that were on other clients. Unless, like, they were pirating for specifically one thing, in which case, K. All right.
0: Let's, uh, talk about future things that people will download in downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite
1: line! Let's be real here. I don't think anybody's, like, illegally pirating any of these things that are coming up, like, I would not go to jail for either of these things. Let's let's be clear.
0: (laughs) Not blockbusters that we're gonna talk about this week, but uh uh the first thing I like, I'm I'm interested in it at least. Like this is already out, but it's uh Michelle Obama's becoming uh the story of uh who the Democrats should have fucking ran for president. And I'm assuming somebody tried and she just didn't want to do it.
1: Yeah. Michelle Obama, yeah. Yeah, she should I feel like
0: won. she I feel like she could be a contender.
1: Could have been a contender. That's my attempt at uh fuck yeah. who's Rocky Trainer.
0: <laughs> Mickey.
1: There we go, Mickey. That's my attempt at Mickey.
0: Oh man. I fucking love that uh that <laughs> meme that Sean sent to our uh group chat. It had a picture of Joe Biden in a picture of Trump and it said uh it was like the pokemon box art and it was like <laughs> creepy old white rapist blue version and creepy old white rapist red version
1: yeah that's a good idea <laughs> great meme great meme whoever had that um i don't know it it's, this looks documentary and that's like my least favorite thing real life depresses me as an, as it is so i don't need more documentaries depressing me this seems to actually be like uplifting so like there's some merit to it yeah. but i don't care
0: yeah i feel like uh this is going to be a big um thing like a probably a decent amount of people will watch it just because it'll remind people of a time before trump yeah so
1: i wouldn't be surprised if netflix releases something like oh we project this will be viewed by 50 million people in the end, like, after its first four weeks. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that tweet Monday, so... Uh, Stay tuned to our Twitter feed for me to retweet that and be like, well, this isn't isn't unsurprising. Wait, that means this is surprising. This is unsurprising. That's what I should tweet. There we go. Uh, Our next trailer is for something called The Big Flower Fight. Uh, Hey, Caleb, have you seen... uh, Uh, any competition show where teams compete to put together things.
0: This is the great British baking show, except they're building like topiary sculptures instead of edible stuff.
1: Yep. Can't wait to not watch it. That's the whole show. Yeah.
0: I can't wait for, to like walk into my house while Vanessa's watching the third episode and then be forced to sit through the rest of the season. (laughs) because <laughs> I'm too stubborn to go and play my Nintendo Switch in the other room.
1: See, I do that. Although I just, like, whenever Ashley's watching something, I typically just, like, sit my ass in front of the p- computer uh, and, like, that's where I have my PlayStation 4, so I'll go play some Call of Duty. I have no idea why I'm super into Call of Duty right now, but I just am. Can't wait to be burned on, on, on that in, like, ten days.
0: I don't know. I remember, yeah, like, you, you guys all had, like, a fucking two or three week PUBG phase where that's like all I would fucking hear about. Yep. And it's just like, I, I don't know what this is. Uh, but apparently all of my friends are really mad about it.
1: <laughs> it was an infuriating machine because it, <laughs> it was just, uh, I don't know. We were, we were all, uh, we were adequate at it. But not good enough to actually like truly get mad at it. Like we were mad at like being bad about it. I don't know. There's a lot of things. (laughs) It's just like Call of Duty. I'm adequate at it.
0: Yeah. Why don't we get into quick hits? (laughs)
1: This is gonna, this is just gonna be, uh, me describing my Call of Duty games. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i've been uh trying to watch some bojack episodes because we're doing that rabbit ears episode here sure are uh, coming up this week so uh other than that haven't really had time to check out a whole lot of new content so uh why don't you tell me what you've been watching
1: so i've been watching episodes of bojack as well because bubby is just like playing them and i'll just sit down and watch and there'll be episodes where, we'll be like oh it's this ep- it's this episode like, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but season four got some fucking bangers. Yeah, I don't know. It's
0: been fun visiting seasons one and two again. I forgot how much the show really grew into itself yeah. after, like, the third season.
1: Well, yeah, it basically started as, like, I'm going to say generic a- animated comedy, but it started off as, like, a very standard animated comedy and then it morphed into uh an exercise into hu- the human psyche yeah
0: or the horse psyche as it were
1: yeah, a- the anthropomorphized psyche uh i also finished slice monos uh it's a good show i'll probably continue watching it uh my, my frustrations over episode whatever it was are n- now gone
0: How'd you like the fucking siege episode where they're like raiding the compound or whatever? Like that, the giant like action set piece that they had towards the end of the series.
1: Oh, no, it was great. It was pretty great. So there's that. Uh, I don't want to talk too much more about it because like I'd be getting into spoiler stuff and I don't want to do that to anybody. Just, just watch those monos. Uh, then I watched uh, 10 minutes of episode two of Queen Sono. And I couldn't be fucking bothered to watch more of it. Uh, her, her man in the chair, or man in the van, uh, is the worst actor I've ever seen. He's so bad. And because he is the man in the chair, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't stand it. Because, like, there's more interesting guy. Like, we had Micro in Punisher. We had, uh, fucking Tom Arnold in True Lies. Like, there are so much better versions. And this guy, uh says nothing funny uh brings nothing like says things we are already seeing on screen and is delivering them with the most wooden tone i've ever heard so i can't take mm. it anymore uh, i'm done so with he's, queen Sona. he's
0: no oracle
1: no he's no oracle he's not paralyzed in any way shape or form or a woman <laughs> so i i am done with queen sono i i can't i can't take it uh then i watched a, a new netflix original movie the half of it uh, this stars uh people in fact, like is there anybody of note that actually stars in this movie? No, they're all like relative unknowns, uh, but it's basically Cyrano de Bergerac again because we have to keep just farming this story for Netflix just make every Cyrano de Bergerac kind of movie. um I think it's okay. Uh it would be better if two things didn't happen. Uh one, this basically has a five-minute montage of two people stalking a girl to find out everything about her. Now, I'm a cyber stalking is kinda like, eh, like it's a gray area, but I'm more okay with it. This was like physically stalking this girl around town, seeing where she goes, trying to strike up conversations about that. Uh, also, it's the Cyrano de Bergerac story, so it's like, in a modern setting, I don't feel like, yeah, you know, I, I feel like with catfishing, we, we've we become more cognizant of people's feelings about, you know, uh, being fucking lied to, saying people were someone, but then they're a different person. Uh, and then the third thing, cause I said originally there was two things, there's three things, uh, the resolution of the story, uh, it feels super forced. And, uh, it, it could have been handled much, much better, uh, than it, than it was. That said, there's still some charming elements. Uh it's it's pretty funny. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's like a laugh out loud riot, but uh you could do worse than this movie on Netflix this year, uh, as I will soon get to. I give it three stars. Okay. Uh the next movie I watched is Dangerous Lies, the stars Camilla Mendez, who I had no idea who that was, but they were marketing as like oh, this is a big star. Camilla Mendez. So I looked it up. She's Veronica and Riverdale. So there's there's their lead actress is a CW actress. That said, uh, I think she's actually pretty good in this movie. Uh also uh, too good for this movie is the cinematographer uh who goes by the name, oh god, I don't why didn't I write it down? Ronald Richard. Uh Ronald Richard, there's a a 5 minute sequence at the beginning of the movie that is shot like a fucking masterpiece. I'm not fu- I'm not kidding. If you watch anything, watch until 4 months later. When it says 4 months later uh, on the screen, mm-hmm. stop watching. Like and just watch the watch the way the camera moves for that for that first part. It's it it's actually impressive. I want to see this guy in like a real project. Uh that said, everyone else is fucking terrible at acting, especially Elliot, Elliot Gould, who I have to call out here because he is in the movie for about 15 minutes and he is fucking sleepwalking through this role. It, he is so monotone. He has no emotion to anything he's saying whatsoever. He's just existing for a paycheck. And then I get it. Like, the guy's like 80-something. So I understand that he's, you know, he can't act the way he used to. But he's sitting in a chair the entire fucking... He's doing it. He's pulling a Cameron Mitchell. He's fucking sitting in a chair, fucking tries something. But at least Cameron Mitchell tries. This guy doesn't try. And I'm very upset by that. Uh Also, the writing is atrocious. Uh, The writing is just uh, dismal. Terrible. Uh, That said, uh, Camila Mendez and the cinematographer uh, raised this movie up quite a bit for me. Uh, I actually gave it two stars. But, like, you're not watching a movie for cinematography. Typically, if you're one of those people, uh, and and that's, like, the one good element, I'm sorry, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, So, like, you're, you're watching it for her, and I don't think she's good enough to carry the movie, a la, like, a... A uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood, which apparently is a t- Paul Thomas Anderson film, that and I didn't know that. So it's technically my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film because I've never seen any other t- Paul Thomas Anderson films. Uh, there's that. So yeah, that's uh, all I watched this week.
0: All right. Well, I suppose, uh, why don't we hop into a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about our main review for the week, uh, Never Have I Ever, which is a new... Uh, situation teen comedy show so stick around i
1: don't want to hop into a break i want to charles bronson jump through a window and shotgun some guy (laughs) into a break
0: let's uh see if our buddy's gonna eat that sausage into a quick break
1: We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, it's time to get into our main topic for the week, the new Netflix comedy series, Never Have I Ever. Uh, this is the complicated life of a modern-day first-generation Indian-American teenage girl inspired by Mindy Kaling's own childhood, uh, created by Mindy Kaling and Lang Fisher, uh, and starring Maitri Ramakrishnan.
1: You're a brave, brave man. Possibly foolish, too, but very brave.
0: <laughs> hey, I think I kind of nailed that. Yeah. Uh, give me a hot take. What did you think of Never Have I Ever?
1: Uh, I like it. Surprisingly. Uh, you know, it's, we were, we were talking what? When, when was the last, what was the last teen bullshit thing we just did? We just did something. I can't remember what it was. Or I, I watched some teen bullshit thing. And I was like, Oh,
0: what the fuck? We did the, we did Let It Snow.
1: No, it was after that. Cause that was like six months ago. Yeah. And even that like had some charm to it and I, I enjoyed parts of it. It was something recently, and I can't fucking remember a schedule, right?
0: I can't fucking remember either.
1: So, like, we, I talked about that, and I'm like, I don't, I, oh, it was, uh, I am not okay with this. That was the, the teen bullshit thing. Oh, that, I that thing. I could not connect with that whatsoever. This, I felt much more connection to, uh, mainly because it is actually what is known as well-written. It's surprising how yeah. something that's well-written actually connects with people who aren't the target audience.
0: Yeah, the characters are endearing. Uh, like, it is, it is well written. Um, it is, like, teen drama shit. Like, I'm obvi- obviously not the target audience for this, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I've, uh, I've always been kind of enamored of Indian culture. So, like, I don't know. It's cool to get something that's from that voice. And, uh, I don't know. Like, Hopefully this isn't too spoilery for this point, but, like, there ends up being, like, a love triangle thing. And, like, it goes exactly how you would expect from seeing, like, X number of other teen drama things. Right. But, like, uh it's still, like, well-written and fun and endearing, even though it kind of lands pretty much where you would expect as soon as like they start hinting at what they're doing mm-hmm. but uh still like i i did really enjoy this
1: so this is actually oh fuck i'm looking at i'm looking at our main actress's name and i'm just like nah uh metri is that
0: is mm, uh i'm guessing matre uh
1: I'm just kind of okay. As as opposed to embarrassing myself, I'm just gonna call her M, because that's the best I can fucking do. Uh, so if if for some reason you wind up listening to the show, uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not even gonna to attempt to fuck this up.
0: Yeah, listen to two fucking thirty year old white dudes try to say your name. Oh,
1: fuck, I am thirty. God damn it. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but this is actually like her first role, like in anything, I believe. Like uh, I, I think Mindy Kaling is actually specifically looking for an Indian girl who never didn't really have much experience. So like, I think she she crushed it in in terms of like her first role.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love the character. Like she just fucking because. Uh... We'll, we'll get into it more, but like, she kind of has a lot of baggage that she's like sorting through. So like, she'll just start fucking popping off about random shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's fucking hilarious to just, you know, kind of watch her go and freak out about just nonsense.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think your friends are endearing. Uh, although not a lot of time is spent on their individual stories, like it, we get a little bit of it, but it's also like, eh, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're, they're, un, they're, I don't want to say underdeveloped. I think they're developed enough, but it's just like, uh, oh yeah, these are side characters that we sort of care about.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, it's kind of like just the, obviously the show's just about uh the main character her name is uh davy um which like the one dude just calls her david which is a like a running joke but yeah. uh so like the show's just about her life but like everybody else's lives are kind of happening around her and like they kind of weave in and out of the show it's like i, I don't know Like I'm, I'm kind of fine with how it was. Like I don't know necessarily that like I wanted them to jump back and forth between different characters rather than just giving me the main story. You know,
1: right, right. Like yeah, I'm appreciative that we just got Davy's story, and we're we're just like okay, yeah, and everyone else is just existing. And and, you know, like we we kind of get slices of their life, but not like the whole picture, like we do with Davy.
0: Yeah. Uh, this show has a. Uh pretty fun slash unique device where uh professional tennis player, mm-hmm. right? Yep, John McEnroe, uh just fucking narrates it for no reason. Like
1: ish. <laughs> they give him a bullshit reason, but it's also like just kinda like, Oh, we got John McEnroe. Okay. Well he yeah. he's just our he's just our narrator <laughs> then.
0: Yeah, because, like, her her dad was a big fan of him, and then, it's like, for for whatever fucking reason, he just becomes her inner voice. And then, uh, who was the other? Like, for one episode, he stepped out and Andy Samberg narrated her inner monologue.
1: It was actually, uh, Ben's. Ben's inner monologue. Because Andy Samberg is a, a Jewish man, so they were just like, ah, let's, yeah, let's have a Jewish man right. narrate a Jewish boy.
0: Yeah, like I said, I I fucking pulled an all nighter to to marathon this. So like, I lost a couple details. Like, uh, I think episode five, I pretty much missed like most of that. Which uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because it's the one where she does model UN.
1: That one's a and, like that one's ends a very up good just,
0: one. Ends up just freaking out and like nukes every other
1: fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh.
0: but yeah, that's, that's the main thing is like, she just, uh, like the main character is very good, very endearing, um, also a hothead, very well realized. Yeah.
1: Which I, I connect with on a spiritual level, the hotheadedness.
0: Yeah. And like the things that she does in the show and mistakes that she makes are things that, you know, we all did, like things that we all fucked up when we were trying to grow up. So. Right.
1: Uh, hey, uh, do you want to talk about some spoiler stuff?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, so let's tie, let's tie a bow on the non-spoiler section by putting a rating on this boy. Or girl, I guess.
0: I'm going to say three and a half. Mm. This is a general recommend. I think this is quite good.
1: All right, well, uh, I'm going to be uh, professor positive because I'm going a uh, four out of five. I think this is pretty great. Well, look at you. I think it does have uh, some quirks uh, that I'm not all the way there on, uh, especially the John McEnroe part. It's just like, eh, yeah. I get it. Like, you got John McEnroe, you're doing something funny. Like, I I get it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, see, my initial reaction was like, oh, this. I should probably just give this a four. Like, it felt like a four, but, like, I think the uh, thing that kind of holds it back for me is just, like, that whole fucking, like, love triangle arc is, like, I saw that a mile away. Yeah. And, uh, just kind of generally not fitting in the target audience, but, uh, there's, there's a lot of really good stuff here. Yeah. Like, it's a very high three and a half. That's the thing with our, uh, rating scale, too. Like, we're, we're running on tighter numbers than a lot of shows rate stuff on, so, like, I...
1: Yeah, we we could do a thousand-point yeah. scale, we could do a hundred-point scale, we could do a twenty-point yeah. scale. No, we do ten. Ten-point scale, period. That's it. All right, let's talk about the spoilers now. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. And no, like, no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet.
0: But the ending is awesome. So if I could so just play the bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff. Uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance. to Okay, Excuse you
1: me. sound like a crazy person right now. All
0: right. Well, um, I mean, I guess this isn't really a spoiler because they set it up super early. But like, uh, a lot of the like what colors her decisions throughout like what influences her and her motivations throughout is uh like eight months before the show starts uh her dad passed away he had a heart attack Mm -hmm. in the middle of her fucking orchestra recital and just died yep and uh like she just doesn't relate to her mom that well so
1: which eventually gets realized as we get further through the the season
0: yeah and, uh, like she keeps like seeing her dad or having like flashbacks to memories of her dad. Um, I like this too. Cause like a recurring thing is, uh, she'll just be in her therapist office and like talking about shit. And like it's kind of comedic because she, you know, she takes this like good advice the wrong way and just says this outlandish shit. Yeah. But also like, it's destigmatizing, like mental health issues, because it's just, you know, like it normalizes it. Like she just, it's a fact of life that she's just doing this and working on herself. Yeah, her, which is important.
1: Her therapist, played by Niecy Nash, who uh, is consistently yeah, who is great. My favorite parts of everything she's in.
0: Yeah, I I love. Uh, it's one of the first few episodes, but like, she goes to her therapist like unscheduled, and like. Niecy Nash is is just, like, dressed really nice, like, she's going out on the town, Mm -hmm. and uh, Davey's just like, why are you hot? And she's just like, cause I have a life, I'm not just like, here all the time. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's like a ridiculous thing a a teenager would say, is like, oh, I have no idea what I'm like, oh, you're dressed up. It's It's
0: like whenever, uh, you're a kid and you find out that, like, other people call their parents dad like no my dad is dad
1: yeah (laughs) but who was phone yeah i don't know um you you talk about the the love triangle and like eventually i saw that that was going to come up but like initially i i assumed that like the whole thing with ben like i i didn't think that was going to get resolved in a season like i never thought like he would transform from nemesis to love interest at, through like the course of one season. I figured that'd be like a slow build up throughout the, the entire show.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like it kind of, it kind of always had that tension there, but it was like more, more of like a seething hatred, Yeah. uh, before like, um, which really like her, her mother's interference is what kind of kicks it off. Cause like, right. uh, he, his parents are, like, he's kind of a latchkey kid. Like, he's very privileged, but his parents are just, like, never around. Uh So, like, Davy's mom invites him over for dinner because he's, sat, in her words, sad and lonely. Right. Uh And I think that's kind of where Davy starts to realize that, like, he's a human being and, like, not just some fucking automaton that was placed in her way to fucking make her life hard right. also speaking of automaton there's a, a robot sidekick in this show for some fucking reason that that's where i lost the half star
1: mm. now that you're i think of it you're not a of fan it. of gears Brosnan.
0: <laughs> can't say i'm a fan uh it's like the fucking. What it reminded me of is uh how I met your mother the fucking robot from the Robin Sparkles music videos.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Is no. that
0: reference track? No, I'm there. Have you ever watch that I, I, show? I've
1: seen like minutes of that show. And every time uh what's her face? Uh bitch bitch Mary DeMarshall uh shows up, I get infuriated because that woman is the most like I I just want to beat her to death.
0: She was so horribly written in that show. I don't like that show. Um, There was a time period where I, I did like that show. You
1: were trying so hard to be Barney Stinson. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I,
0: I grew very frustrated with it.
1: Before the series finale, too. Uh,
0: but yeah, basically, like, uh, the one character they found out was, like, a Canadian teen pop star. And in her music video she had, like, it was like the fucking Nintendo Rob robot. That would just, like, dance around in the background in her fucking music videos for no reason.
1: Hmm.
0: It reminded me of that.
1: I don't know. They gave Gears Brasen a, a personality in episode 10. So, uh, he, you know, he might get promoted to series regular. <laughs> in fact, he's the new star of the show.
0: Hooray. You've you've got me thinking spin-off series.
1: I mean, why not? They're trying to spin off many things. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think, like, the central conflict is, like, not actually between, like, Davy and Ben. It's actually between Davy and her mother. Because, like, we eventually find out through uh, Davy's repressed memories that uh, her mother was basically, like, on the night of uh, Davy's uh, orchestra recital was just like, can't deal with this girl anymore, like, she's not my daughter, all that kind of st- Like, horrible shit parents should never say to their kids. Or around yeah. their kids or about their kids, but it happened. And
0: that that kind of leads to a blow-up where Davy's like, I wish that you would have been the one that dropped Dad instead of Dad, because Dad actually liked me. Yeah. Uh Which is some fucking wild shit, and I've said stuff like that to my parents before, and uh felt really bad about it.
1: Well, yeah, we say things in anger that we don't mean. Like, uh... I can't remember anything I say in anger anymore, and I just block it out. I'm just like, wait, I said that. I can't. That's crazy. That's how I get away with it. No, why I said that. Uh, but, so she moves out of the house and goes to stay with Ben. But this is before any like real romanticism, uh, kicks off.
0: Yeah, and she stays in the fucking. Uh... Oh, what the fuck was it?
1: It's not The Grateful Dead. Uh, fuck, who is it? The Doobie Brothers room. That's it, the Doobie Brothers room.
0: Yeah, it's just a fucking guest bedroom that is just, like, completely decorated in Doobie Brothers merchandise. Because apparently they're a client of his dad's. Yeah. Because he's, what, a, like, a... Lawyer? Lawyer for, like, an entertainment... Lawyer, like whatever function he would serve in that industry. I don't know. Yeah. He's a lawyer that works with famous people.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So, um, uh, eventually Davy's mother comes over and is like, yo, I'm going to spread your father's ashes. We should have done this months ago, but, you know, now is the time since, uh, oh, the main plot that we're, that we're missing is that uh, they're potentially moving back to India because yeah. Aravid? Is, that, that sounds right. Uh, who is, uh, yeah,
0: their her uncle.
1: Yeah, uh, who is, uh, Mohan, who is Davy's father, uh, his brother, uh, comes over and is like, this family's undisciplined. And I'm just like, dude, you live, you're a bachelor, like, fuck off. Like, you don't get the, yeah. you don't get the comment in anyone's family life, you motherfucker.
0: But, like, I love, uh, he's just like constantly giving them the sales pitch. Because uh, <laughs> he's a uh, security system salesman, number two in
1: San Jose area.
0: Yeah, and like all of their fucking like secret boyfriends and shit are sneaking into the house. And he's like, "Since I've been here, three fucking guys have broken into this house." Yeah, like you need to put put in a security system.
1: Yeah, they're eventually like, "Oh yeah, you your guys are moving back to India." And I'm just like. I'm sorry, who the fuck are you to decide what this family does? Like, what, yeah. what's going on here? Like, and maybe this is just like a cultural thing that I don't understand.
0: Yeah. Cause also, like, there's a, an arranged marriage subplot.
1: Ooh, yeah, with Kamala.
0: Yeah. Which, like, it's just, I guess, a feature of Indian culture. Like, you're, um, like your family has a lot more say in what you individually do. Like, it's it's a very uniquely american slash western thing that like you just go out into the world and make your own way, you know what i mean right. like the like the family unit is much more fundamental to uh the experience of your life in Indian culture, as I understand it like obviously i'm not uh from that culture so right
1: but yeah. It- that's that's the general gist I got too. So like, I, I as I find it just fucking bizarre and baffling. Like, like here it's kind of presented as normal, even though Kamala really doesn't want to go through with it. Like she's definitely taken to that Western value of not wanting to do it.
0: Yeah, and like Davy's just not having it at all because she, like, her parents were immigrants, but she was born in America and had never like has never been to India from what I gather from the show. Other than like vacations, I think
1: they took like vacations there over like the summer or something. Yeah. Oh, but uh, back, back to what I was saying. Uh, So they're going to spread Mohan's ashes because they need to, because he loves the beach uh, because he, he's he's just one of those that uh, the, one of those immigrants that like loves America and just has like this golden roads, like golden paved roads view of America. Like he, he just loves everything about being in America and I love that. But like so they go to spread his ashes and um uh Davy shows up and she's like, Wait, don't don't start the fucking ceremony without me. But they can't hear her. Uh and that's when a Deus Ex yeah. McEnroe shows up.
0: <laughs> John McEnroe with his powerful booming voice that he used to yell at fucking uh tennis referees.
1: Uh, and then they reconcile and, like, in quotes reconcile, like, nothing has really been, like, all they just say is, like, I'm sorry to each other and, like, kind of move on. So I'm sure, like, we're going to have another blowout because nothing has really been resolved yet with between those two.
0: Yeah, they, um, they definitely leave it open for a second season, especially because, like, uh, the very final moments is, like, which we haven't even touched on this yet, but, like... Uh, so very early in the show, like she has her sights set on the most popular boy in school and she's like, Hey, listen, I know that, you know, somebody like you would never date somebody like me. Uh, cause I fucking, uh, my dad died and then I had a fucking psychotic meltdown and like was in a wheelchair for three months or whatever because I had some fucking psychosomatic thing where my legs just didn't work. Uh so like I know you would never date me but like what if we just fucking bone so I can punch my v card I'd fuck me <laughs> And he's just like yeah sure fuck it whatever um and, and, and you're then like wait obviously what? like that never happens and uh like they actually kindle a relationship yeah so
1: it, that was one that was one of the craziest moments was like when he was like yeah sure I'm like wait what That actually, like, (laughs) and even McEnroe's narration's like, wait, what, that fucking worked? Dan, let's
0: say that you're a single man.
1: Oh, this is is Ashley's argument, too, that he's a man and he's horny.
0: Somebody just walks up to you and says, hey, how about some duty-free sex? We'll just get it done and then go our separate ways. In what fucking universe does a single man who has the free time not say yes?
1: You're not wrong. It's just like, I... I know I'm not fucking wrong because it's happened. Well, sure. But, like, I I was expecting, like, no. And I'd be like, yeah, that that fits too. Like, this, it, it fit, but, like, no also fit. And, like, that was... I think that's kind of the beauty of that is that no matter how it actually, you know became a thing, it felt realistic either way.
0: Well, and that was always, like, I don't know, that was always kind of, like, my view slash strategy or whatever you want to call it towards dating. Like, I'm not gonna fucking, like, play games and sit on shit. You know what I mean? If I'm into somebody, I'm gonna just, like, bluntly say it, because then they can say yes or they can say no. And then... In either case, I can just move on with my fucking life.
1: And then there's me, so. who who cared way too much and would never ask anybody anything.
0: <laughs> fortune favors the bold.
1: Yeah. Also, fortune favors those pursuing the recently divorced.
0: Yeah, that's like fucking taking down a wounded gazelle the fuck were we talking talking about
1: about, we were talking about paxton
0: (laughs) oh yeah because like uh in the last episode is uh whenever that character uh paxton um he kind of realizes like you know like this this girl's cool and like this this is for real and i'm interested in pursuing this Mm -hmm. and like his sister tells him like You'd be a fucking douchebag idiot if you don't pursue it because she is cool and like she is sincere yeah. about this. Um, so like he calls her to do that. And then, uh, during that is when, uh, Davey and Ben are, uh, sharing their kiss at kind of the culmination of their, uh, animosity turned, uh, budding romance. Right. So, Season two, it's going to be whatever the fuck that other show we watched recently that had, like, the same love triangle in it.
1: Uh... I have no idea what you're (laughs) talking I have no idea what show you're talking about. Wait, what? Ah, fuck. Now I have to go to our... Why
0: Why is everything so forgettable? There was something, we just watched it, like... Maybe two months ago.
1: Oh, P.S. I, P.S. I still love you. Yes. I eventually found it.
0: Uh, which that actually was a good movie, but...
1: Hmm. Yeah, it was fine. Hmm.
0: I like the first one
1: more. The the first one is infinitely superior. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Never Have I Ever? Mm, it's a good show. Watch it. Yeah, I uh, like the titles. Uh, the the episode titles they fit in with "Never Have I Ever," and then it's like the episode title is based on the actions of the episode. But that's also like "Never Have Ever," yeah. total lie or something like that. Like shit. Like it, it'll re- directly reference like the goings on of the yeah. the episode.
0: Which I guess, uh, I guess the only other thing like we didn't really touch on it, but like this show is excels at representation. Like obviously, it's uh based on an Indian American family, but um, right. like also her best friends are um a black girl who is like just finding out that she's gay mm-hmm. and starting to come out to people, and uh a um young Asian girl who is an aspiring actress who comes from uh sort of a broken home and is figuring all that out. So yeah. like uh it's like real like teen shit, you know? It's not um
1: It's not hey it's look not I have a bunch superpowers. Of yeah. Uh what do I do?
0: Yeah. Like it's actually interesting and the characters are well written and uh so and like being that they're like three close friends of you know, and, like, they're all intelligent and, like, kind of know what they're doing academically and, like, in their lives, but they're not necessarily popular. And they're all, like, different ethnicities. People call them the UN, uh, which is pretty terrible.
1: Although they do say, eventually, that it does stand for unfuckable nerds.
0: Uh, Which does not make it better.
1: Sure. <laughs> but it's less racist. Uh...
0: Uh, sure. But, uh, yeah, good show. Definite recommend. Yeah. And you don't even have to be a teen girl.
1: All right, Caleb, that will, uh, wrap us out of the show. Uh, we are postponing the dirty dozen until next week. So yeah, uh, we will be taking care of our dirty dozen thing for bill. Uh, And before that, though, we will be watching the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt interactive special, which is coming out, uh, I think, on the day of release of this episode. So uh, finish listening to this. Go watch that and uh, play around. Try to get all the endings.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to watch the whole fucking thing seven times. Fucking flipping back and forth and getting the different things.
1: It'd be like a video game, like uh, like, a, like it was with Banner Snatch, where it was like, all right, I got all the endings, I fucking, I, I, I'm done with this now. <sighs>
0: I should actually uh, make a flow chart of the choices as I watch, but that sounds like work.
1: That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Uh hey, Caleb, where can people find us?
0: Uh, at Netflixandswill.com, your one-stop shop for all Netflix and Swill-related bullshit. Uh also check out our uh burgeoning baby bird that we're pushing out of the nest, Rabbit Ears, uh, which is where Dan's Bubby joins with a guest to talk about uh some TV shows that aren't on TV anymore. Yeah. Except possibly in syndication.
1: Yes. Uh our bojack episode will be out the week like you'll be able to hear this, I think, the Friday. That this episode comes out, but you'll definitely be able to listen uh, when next week's episode of our show comes out. Uh, But that doesn't mean you can't listen to the entire fucking back catalog. Go do it. Uh, Yeah, but follow us on uh, the socials and uh, check out Livestream for the Cure. uh, I know we play the promo, uh, but, you know, check it out. It's coming up soon. Uh, We're doing Undercover Grandpa because Caleb wants suffering. Because I'm
0: an idiot.
1: Caleb just wants suffering, so. (laughs) I mean,
0: after the first time, and we did The Disappointments Room, uh, pretty much all bets were off.
1: That fucking movie is so bad.
0: It's so fucking bad.
1: And then, because what, we did The Disappointments Room, then we did- Then we did
0: Fred the fucking movie.
1: uh, No, because The Disappointments Room was for the first slashing for The Cure, right? Yeah. Fred the movie was for live stream. T- oh, yeah, it was live stream, too. Yeah,
0: that was for the second one. Yeah, uh,
1: the What the
0: fuck did we do last year? Left
1: Behind. Uh, you weren't there for that because you That's died. right.
0: Yeah, because I, I couldn't make it for that because of my work schedule you, at the time. You
1: died. Uh, that, that was a Nicolas Cage movie. That was uh, a remake of a Cameron. Oh, what the fuck's his name? Re- Ultra religious guy. Cameron something. Nah uh, can't, can't oh remember. fuck! I can't remember. He was on like a show, and then he became. Uh, I it keep it, it keeps popping in my head, and like, nope, not that guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it was a remake of some religious movie where one goes like, the good people disappear into the rapture, and then like it causes mass yeah. chaos. It's amazing. Lee bad. Yeah,
0: and like. I don't know if that ever happened. I feel like like not very many
1: people would go. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Be less than one percent of the the population.
0: But, yeah, everything would just be business as usual, you know. Yeah, until God ends it's the world. Not in like Ninety fuck, days. Everybody got fucking Thanos.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think after the Rapture, God ends the world in like ninety days or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, if that happened. I have a sepulcher, yeah. which I would just wear around me the entire time. That's like, On it, it says, and this is through Catholic dogma, so this works, so don't fucking te- test me, people. Uh, it says, whoever wears a sepulcher will uh, enter the kingdom of heaven. So, like, I'm covered it, whenever yeah. that happens.
0: I would just do whatever fucking debauched shit, end of the world nonsense that I would want to get into. And then uh, just repent on the 89th day.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: Cause if, uh, murderers on death row can do it and get into the, uh, God's glorious kingdom of Christian heaven, then fucking I can do it
1: too. Sure. 100%. What a weird fucking tangent. <laughs> uh,
0: organized religion is a thing. It's...
1: My, uh oh, apparently my dad was doing digital church today. So I'm like... So do we really need churches anymore since we can just do digital ceremonies? Do we really need it?
0: Yeah. Uh I know we're trying to wrap up the show, but like there's a church uh not 10 miles down the road from me that has a a sign out front that says uh abortions and alcohol essential. Church is not. Why? K. <laughs> I can figure it out.
1: That's what oh, I say. No. Figure it out.
0: It's it's been a long time since I go to have gone to a church because who has the fucking money?
1: That's true. <laughs>
0: All right. Um. Anything else, Dan?
1: No, I have nothing else.
0: Okay. Well, uh until next week. This is Caleb saying, "Hey, buddy, you can eat that sausage."